Sunday. This nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. One day right down in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream. Welcome to the Ambassador Podcast a resource created by a community of Christians seeking to represent God to a watching world in humility, unity, and boldness. Our goal is to educate, be educated, encourage, be encouraged, challenge, and be challenged as we pursue a heavenward perspective of God's heart for racial equity and reconciliation rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey guys, welcome back. This is part two of our Black Womanhood episode for the Ambassador Podcast. We want to thank you guys for showing your support of the first part of uh, this episode. It was, uh, as you can tell, uh, a topic very near and dear to our hearts. And so I pray that this one will be more the same. Thinking about this the last few months, uh, Ahmaud Arbery, and this name right here, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and there have been more names and situations in the last three to four months, but these three for sure um, have been responsible for this kind of shift that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. But Breonna Taylor, there's something different about this case. There's something different about this name. And if you're on social media, if you're looking at the news or whatever it may be, you're probably still seeing a lot of posts, a lot of stories on Instagram that are saying, Arrest the murders of Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. Arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. Right? There's still no arrests. There's continued public outcry and social media outcry, but the authorities aren't mm-hmm. responding. They're not mm-hmm. budging. So help us understand what does this mean or what does this say about the lives of black women? I think it says it all that we don't matter. Mm-hmm. At least that's what is being shown. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you look at the stats of when it comes to rape cases, when it comes mm-hmm. to children missing, when it comes to police brutality, mm-hmm. um, black women are not seen as important. Mm-hmm. And so there's no rush or no hurry to bring justice to any case. And so in that you have millions of you know people made in the image of God who are cycled through a system that is constantly feeding into them at a young age. Mm -hmm. Even if you speak up, even if you project that you need help, it's not coming. Mm -hmm. And so that statement, this case and so many others should actually like shatter us. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't just be women that look like Persia and Joanna Mm -hmm. and I, but actually the church as a whole, Mm -hmm. actually humanity as a whole. And for those of us who proclaim to know Jesus Christ and should be using our voices in the case to like mm-hmm. bring justice to what has no justice now. That's good. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, this is just like an honesty moment, but I don't think I, I really thought about it that much until specifically Brown Taylor. Uh, not that I didn't think about women, black women at all, but just like seeing, like physically seeing the disparity between the three cases is is so discouraging Mm -hmm. for me. And I think in general, like Tracy already said, I think black women, we get kind of left in the background. And 
you know, that's everywhere though. Like that's like out in society, but like also in the church that it doesn't, we don't get the acknowledgement or even the, we don't get seen as we should. And yeah, that's, I don't even have much to say because it really is just hurtful. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I feel like I'm constantly walking in the shadows in America and in our churches. Like there's nobody who, and I have this thought constantly. Um, like if I were to go missing, like wow. people would notice, right? Wow. Mm. Like it would, mm. somebody would care enough for long enough that mm. they would find me. Right. Wow. Like you just feel worthless. Mm. And, and then pairing that with being a believer in Jesus Christ and also being in ministry, I'm constantly telling myself, telling my students, reminding myself, reminding my students that that God cares for us and loves us and is he sees us and he he smiles, yeah. you know? And so I'm like, okay God, like I believe you and I trust what you say, but but the people that are supposed to be my brothers and sisters in Christ, the my family, mm-hmm. you know, we're a family of God, a family of believers aren't actually tangibly showing me that at all. (laughs) And so even though I intellectually in my head know that's true, but I'm not being shown it Mm -hmm. and I don't feel it. So I don't, it's like harder to believe that truth. Like it's, it's a constant battle. It's, it's lots of sleepless nights. It's lots of crying yourself to sleep at night. It's a lot of um, depression and anxiety and, um, so yeah, it doesn't feel good to be undervalued in almost all areas of life. And it's hard too, because it feels like even in this moment, we're like being pitted against our black brothers where it's like, I just as much want justice for George Floyd and my Aubrey as I want for Breonna Taylor. Yep. But I feel like when people talk about this, if they only talk about the men, mm-hmm. like this happening to our men mm-hmm. and they leave women out. And so I don't want to go at our black men and say like, well, you also need to be speaking up for us too. And so even in this, this air, we're like, they're pitting us against each other in this too. And so it's like, I feel in order for any justice to get done, I need to just keep pushing for my black brothers, you know? So I don't, I don't want to be fighting with them and with the rest of the world. Like we have to be on a united front. So I feel like we have to, I feel like I have to pick sides sometimes Mm -hmm. and even that's exhausting. So I don't know. It's, it's confusing and it's hard and it's an open wound that feels like it'll never be closed. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you, three things. One, uh, I think you hit on the fact that like black men have the ability to fight for their race in a way that black women have to, but that's not all there is. Mm-hmm. White women have to fight for their equality as women in a way that black women know, like, that's not all there is. Yeah. And so you do, like, you feel the pressure to to decide which one yeah. uh, to fight for or to, mm-hmm. to advocate for, Yeah, one. Two, I am profusely um, infuriated by the Breonna Taylor case, but there was a case a little over a year ago that 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 hit home for me in a way that nothing else had had in my entire life mm-hmm. and that was a Tatiana Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tatiana Jefferson was my age and she was killed in her own home in the middle of the night in Texas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to this day 
though the officer that, you know, did it, um, by the way, he was in her backyard Mm. shooting at her Mm -hmm. in her home. Mm -hmm. Though he's been apprehended, hasn't been to trial yet. We don't know what's going to happen. But I remember that hit so close to home because it could have been me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's still something that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three, I think the biggest example or illustration of the fact that our country does not care about black women is probably seen in the R. Kelly stuff. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. R. Kelly enslaved black yeah. girls mm. yeah. for almost 20 years years and you know why it wasn't news because it was black girls that he was enslaving it was black girls that he was assaulting and 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 taking advantage of for 20 years yeah i should not be alone in my fury about that Mm -hmm. but oftentimes we are and 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 it is just it's crazy you know like and it shouldn't, but it, it is like, though he was not a Christian, I think he was very accurate in saying that like MLK's, I mean, Malcolm X said the most oppressed person in America is a black woman. The most unseen person in America is a black woman. Mm-hmm. And those, those two events, like yeah. they show that to me and, and it is, it's a fight. It's a winnable fight, but it is a fight to believe that God cares about us. Yeah. yeah. But it's 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 possible, and he does. Amen. Mm-hmm. So much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's good. Um, switching some gears. <clears throat> okay, uh, so we lead. Those of y'all who don't know, we lead a group. Us uh, four here together, plus another one of us. We lead a group of minority college students. Um, and it's called the Cookout. It's an amazing group. Tracy, she she kind of she kind of <laughs> gathered this thing and put it together, and, and so she organized this group. And uh, it's a really fun group to lead um, that we've been doing here since the beginning of 2020. Uh, and so on the first night that we met, we had a really good time. We had a lot of good conversation, a lot of breakout session, a lot of mm-hmm. group conversation, good food. Mm-hmm. That's right. Jerry was on the grill. Don't, you already don't know. You already know. <laughs> it's a fried chicken, mac and cheese. Y'all already know. And so our, our conversation that night, it went a particular way. And the way it went, um, it went to this conversation about how black women feel in light of black men pursuing and dating white women. And so I want to go there. I want to have this conversation. And if you guys uh, feel comfortable about this, it might be a touchy subject, uh, but I think it's worthwhile. I think it's worth addressing. Um, I would love if you guys could have some things to say on this. I have some thoughts on this too, but I think it'll be helpful for our audience to hear. There's particularly uh, black men who may be navigating some newfound feelings of complicity in adding to the marginalization of black women. Look. Listen. Listen. Go ahead. Listen, Linda. Go ahead. I, 
<laughs> you talk and talk. Hey, be free. We waiting. Be Look, free. I know a lot of amazing, godly, mm-hmm. I mean, love Jesus men. Like for real, both here and in Lubbock, where I'm from, mm-hmm. just in my lifetime, you know, I don't know too many of them that aren't, that that date or pursue or or are romantically involved with black women. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Josh Wass. Yeah, Josh Wass. <laughs> <laughs> we do know one. Yeah, we do know one. That, no. that was super, that Josh was really Wass. cute, y'all. Tracy. <laughs> Go ahead, Bridget. <laughs> oh. So, I mean, honestly, I'm not saying that there aren't, but I haven't, I, I say this humbly, I have not seen many. Mm-mm. Josh is the exception. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I have not. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think it's, I think that there is this, this narrative of, well, I don't want to date black woman because she won't submit to me mm-hmm. or, uh, can I really lead my household? Whatever, whatever the 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 argument is, you know, um, or fear, whatever the fear is. Yeah, yeah fear, yeah. insecurity, yeah. whatever, yeah. like yeah. whatever that is. But I think, I, like, legitimately, like, it's hard to not feel rejected. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you know, it mm-hmm. it 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 is hard to not feel like. Overlooked, ignored, rejected, and just that I'm not what people are checking for. I'm not what guys are checking for. Mm -hmm. Because history and my current experience and what I see outwardly Mm -hmm. shows just that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have a lot of thoughts on this, but for the podcast sake, we'll keep it short. Um, first of all, I just want to say I'm not against interracial marriage. I think that's like one of those things that people like. Whenever we like start talking about this, they assume yes. like, oh, you only want to date black men, and if black no. men, it's like, no, I honestly, as long as he loves Jesus more yes. than me, mm-hmm. he loves sports. That is that <laughs> must be plays <laughs> basketball. Jesus, then, <laughs> you know, we want to play one on one, like loving basketball out here. <laughs> like as long as that's going on, I'm, you can no, see me whatever ethnicity you want, Lord. Like I'm, I'm, I'm about. So let me just state, let me just state that first out the gate. Um, but there's, there's two main things. The first one is, um, like movies and TV shows. Yeah. Yep. So. I like didn't notice this until I was like watching TV with a friend and they pointed this out, but it was like, so even in TV shows, a lot of our black actresses, they like have all these like like black men who are just great and like for them. But then they always in the movie, she was the white guy and it's like, but you had, okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I guess. And then, but then even how we're portrayed is like, Oh, we might come in and be like the mistress you know, even how we're portrayed where people constantly are being like their eyes and they're, they're taking this information in movies and TV shows. We're seen as either we're angry or we're breaking up families Mm -hmm. or we're not good enough. And I'm like, low key black women be ride or dying for their men. Like we be like, you ain't got no money and you still trying to work (laughs) and and figure things out. And we like, we want to ride with you. Like I'm going to ride with you to the end. Loyalty. Like I don't need much. I just need you to be loyal. And so it's like, that was the one thing it's like, and I've been noticing this more as I watch TV and movies. I'm just like, wow, it really is like a thing that happens often. Like, way like like a lot and so i'm like uh and then even the other day i was walking around des moines and i was like i'm i think i counted like 
well, there's not many of us, but I kind of like nine or 10 like black men walking around and every woman they were with was white. And I was mm-hmm. like, I mean, there ain't many of us in Iowa, but there's some, mm-hmm. you know, what's going mm-hmm. on. And so it's just like, like Portia said, like it really does feel like I am just out here. Like I, nothing I will do will be good enough for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, as all of us, I'm sure, like, single women here want to... Well, not single, sorry, Tracy. You're well, taking my I, Josh. Well, I mean, you're still single, but Josh. <laughs> um, as somebody who wants to be married and wants to have a family, um, it's really hard to feel like I can't even... Like, there's nothing that I did do and nothing that I can do to change mm-hmm. how people see me unless they get to know me. And even then, you know, we don't really know. And then you have the thing of, like, well, if I am dating somebody who is, you know, white, then it's like... Then we have to deal with like how your family feels Mm. and how you feel about what's going on in the world, because that's going to be a constant thing that we're talking about and struggling with. Mm -hmm. So then you have to like, after you do find somebody, there's like all this work to make sure they're like actually on your side and understand the context that we live in. And so it's like work on top of work. And for some people, it might, it might just be too hard. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't Mm want to have to deal with that. I don't want to have to give up like talking about the black narrative all the time or, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't, I haven't asked because I think a lot of black men do get upset when we bring this up mm-hmm. and they feel mm-hmm. either that we're attacking them or their insecurities come out. And mm-hmm. so they come back at us, but it's like, you are, you are just fine finding love. And there's, I have many thoughts about why. And some of that is like good, but it's like, I'm out here and if God's called me to singleness, like, I'm cool with it. Like, me, well, you know, me and God are working on contentment. I'm not going to lie. Like, we out here. I'm not going to lie to anybody on this, on this podcast. Yeah, we're working progress. We are, like, construction in progress. Like, we're, we're doing all we need to do over here. Yeah. But it just is hard. And so, like, yep. like we said, you have, like, relationally, you mm-hmm. have in the world, you have in the church, you have, like, literally everywhere I look, I feel unwanted except up. Mm. Mm. Like... Like, my neck hurts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, everywhere I look, I'm, I'm not wanted. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's hard. Like, it really is. Like, in my own struggle with depression and anxiety, it's like, like that weighs heavy. And it constantly feels like darkness. Yep. And then I imagine all, like, the men and women who don't love Jesus, who feel hopeless. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Jesus a lot like he's everything to me Mm -hmm. and I feel hopeless still because Mm -hmm. of everything that Mm -hmm. happened around me Mm -hmm. if you don't have that hope and that like affirmation in Mm -hmm. Jesus that's good I don't know how you're living life and so I get scared for our people I get scared for our men but I get scared for our women because they are they are carrying the family sometimes too I mean there are single mothers and single fathers but we have to be strong there's a reason that we have to be how we are and so it's exhausting. It's tiring. It's, and yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. It's like, well, you know, I'm not saying that people have to now all of a sudden look at us. Cause I don't want to be anybody's like second, like, Oh, I feel like I have to now since you said something yeah, like, don't yeah, give yeah. me that. That's, I don't need that either. Yep. I got to be by myself. Yep. But I think people just need to notice that like, there are some implicit things that you're believing when you see a black woman, and how we carry ourselves. Like, can you, like, you know, you're not going to be able to, like, run your fingers through my hair. Like, no. Amen. Wait, this is for free. Do not my hair. Don't touch it. Do not touch my hair. 
<laughs> Mine either. I mean, I mean me. I mean, I mean, but we all can say that's for all of us. I mean, first was way too, way, like way more time in her hair. Like I wish I did, but uh, I didn't. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's just really hard. And I think I want people to just like stop for a second in this podcast. Pause it if you have to. But like, I just need that to sit of like I'm not complaining. Mm-hmm. I'm just being honest. That's good. And so if this hits you and you feel like, oh, she's just complaining because she's single. Like, mm. I have way more things in life to worry about right now than that. <laughs> so I'm not complaining because I'm single. Mm-hmm. I'm complaining because I want to be seen. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's good. Not, I, it's not even pick me. Just see me. Yeah. <laughs> Put me in the, in the running. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... I don't know. I'm I'm rambling now. I'm sorry, yeah, Tracy. That's good. No, I feel like I probably could add things to it, but I mean, I think you and uh, Persia hit it pretty well. I think even the conversations that I've had with like my black brothers as it pertains to dating black women, the common things is like I want my kids to have good hair. Mm. She ain't gonna submit, mm. so I got to keep moving past, and so it's no need for me to even have that as a as a choice. And so I've felt all of those things that you guys are talking about as it pertains to black men who don't see you or in general, as it comes to like dating. So. That's good. I appreciate that. Y'all like so much vulnerability, uh, a topic that hardly ever gets talked about. Right. Johnny, you, you hit on the head, right? Like you get pushback for having that conversation. Black men don't want to hear that, you know, and we, and we, and we tend to get uh, uh, vocal. We tend to get loud. We tend to get, you know, defensive hearing stuff like that. Uh, but I want to welcome that conversation. I think that conversation is so important uh, to this topic. Mm-hmm. And so, man, thank y'all for sharing that. Uh, a lot of vulnerability. And man, if, if you're a black man and you're listening to this podcast and, yo, know, I hope you didn't check out during that segment. All right. If you, if you did, rewind and go back and check it out. Okay, anyway. So here's the thing. I want to transition into thinking about this topic biblically. Mm-hmm. Persia, in preparation for this podcast, you shared a few quotes with us. Uh, and I think there was one you shared that I think is, is really helpful in particular. And I want to read it right here. So it's this quote by uh, Shaniqua Walker-Barnes. Um, type her name in Google. She's an author. She's a psychologist. She's a theologian. She's a minister. Um, so she has a lot of really good things to say here. And I want to read this quote to you guys, and then I want to talk about this a little bit. She says this, a hallmark of contemporary Christian theology is its view that the fundamental sin of humanity is pride that is preoccupation with the self. In contrast, love particularly Christian love is assumed to be entirely self-giving and devoid of concern about the self. These teachings, however, bear a particular danger that of martyrdom for African-American women who are socialized to live, love, and labor under the weight of atoning for the sins of the race as imagined by a white patriarchal racism. So let that quote sit there for a minute. But as we think about that, I want to, I just want to say, I think this quote is powerful. I've read it over and over in preparation for this, for this podcast. Uh, And I want to get into just some of the insights of what she's talking about. I think what Shanique was trying to say here is uh, she's articulating a struggle the black woman feels in realizing their worth, of realizing their value, of realizing their dignity, even in the eyes of God, and you guys have, have touched on this throughout the podcast, 
But obviously God cares about the black woman. But we live in a world where that wouldn't be easily understood or believed. And so with that in mind, what does the road look like to believing this about God and what scriptures can you point to or what scriptures speak to you as you think about this? So I will get to scripture, I promise. But I want to start off with uh, this quote. I'm reading this, a book called um, His Testimonies, My Heritage. Mm-hmm. And it's a devotional um, that I think Persia probably suggested. Um, but um, yeah, I read this quote the other day and it kind of resonated with me. So I wanted to start off with the quote first. Um, the person, the woman who uh, wrote this is called Christina, her, is called, sorry, her name is Christina Edmondson. And she says this, as a black woman living in America, I have stories of being unseen and of being hyperseen. Maybe you can relate to this experience. Check. Yet I find encouragement, peace, and belonging in the truth that God speaks to me through his word. Others may not see the value of my voice or consider me worthy of hearing theirs, but that is not the case with God. God speaks to us through his word in ways that resonate with the fullness of who we are. God inclines his ear to the prayers, laments, and dreams of all of his children. The divine and incomprehensible God of all creation has come to us in ways that are accessible to our cultural and cognitive understanding. And reading this, I was like, Whew, wow, that, that very much does resonate with me um, because, yeah, you sometimes have to feel and Shout out to Ike Todd at Cottage Grove and Aerie Todd, that uh, couple are, they've been um, just a man and woman in my life that have just loved me well and just helped me understand a lot of this. But um, Ike has even helped me understand more about like how I, my culture, like I, I don't have to, to drop my culture when I come into the church building. <laughs> like God made me who I am as a black woman and my culture glorifies him like things that i do in my culture glorifies him now there are obviously things that are not glorifying to god that are that our culture i think um has but i don't have to leave it at the door when i come into the, the house of god i actually use that to bring glory to god and so that was something i really struggled with for a while of you know growing up in a predominantly black church where we're used to to clapping and moving and dancing and praising and being excited but also you know thinking and and, and spending time just like in um, pondering God coming to a, a predominantly white church where people are kind of just standing and, you know, hands behind their back. And it just feels uncomfortable. Like, can I, can I be myself here? Can I praise God the way that I, that I feel like he's made me to praise him? And, yep. and that might be different than somebody else, but both are good and right. Yep. And so, um, but yeah, the, the, what I want to read, I was thinking about this earlier and first of all, Psalm 139 is something I go to often uh, where God talks about how he knitted us in our mother's womb and he was, he intricately wove us together. So like, there's so much detail that God put, like he didn't just throw me together and be like, okay, you're black. Like he made me black for a purpose. Like he intricately wove me together. Mm-hmm. But I also thought of the story of Sarai and Hagar because of uh, what God said to Hagar after she had left. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's uh, Genesis 16. I'll start in verse 11. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he shall dwell over, uh, over against all his kinsmen. 
kinsman, sorry. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she said, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. And that's where we get the name of God, El Roy, the God that sees. Mm -hmm. And so that is what like I have to hold on to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. God sees me. Mm -hmm. And that is actually enough. Mm. Yep. Mm -hmm. I don't need so anybody good. else to see me, mm -hmm. but God does see me and mm -hmm. he doesn't just see me, but he knows how many hairs are on my head. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't just see me as like a person, but he sees me as he made me in the fullness of who I am as a black woman, my culture, everything that makes Joanna, Joanna, mm -hmm. yep. he sees that. And he loves that. Yeah. <laughs> all my insecurities, all the things that I struggle with, like, Jesus died for us as we are, like enemies of God. Mm -hmm. yep. Jesus came down and gave his life for me and not only bled on the cross, but rose again, defeating sin, defeating death, like allowing me through faith in him to be able to be in relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Like he sees me. Hmm. Like I, I could, I, I don't even know, like he sees me. That is enough for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I could just say that for like 30 more times. Right. Like he sees me. Like It is more powerful. It is. Time. Because for 40 minutes we've been That's talking so about true. how everybody doesn't see us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But God does. But God does. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. God does. Wow. When I go to sleep at night and I'm bawling my eyes out, he's catching those tears. That's right. He's there holding That's right. me. That's right. Like that my father is there. That's right. And that's all I actually need. Mm. And that helps me move forward. Mm -hmm. Every day, mm. God sees me. Mm -hmm. I can move forward in a world that I'm unseen yeah. because I'm seen by the, the ultimate one, the creator of me, the creator of all things mm. that I will be with for eternity. He sees me yeah. mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm okay. That's good. So, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Man, I think, yeah, Toronto, what you were even saying of like the past, you know, 40 minutes or so, walking through the ways that we feel unseen by the world. Um, and in that walking through the ways that we have to carry burdens with us. Mm. But in that I'm constantly reminded that we serve a God whose yoke is easy. And so in that, uh, one of the things that I find myself praying through and thinking about is like, I would not um, forego any of the burden that I have on this earth, quote unquote, which is like so light in comparison to the glory that we'll have with Jesus. Come on now. Because in that, I know that there will be a day where I get to see Jesus face to face, yeah, yeah. where I will have all the scars gone off of me and yeah, I'll see yeah. his hands yep. uh -huh. and he will be having the scars uh -huh. that carried me all the way through. And so that's the hope that I have. That's Come the hope on. that we have as believers in mm -hmm. Jesus. And so that's what I cling to is, and that's a joy that we get to like, living, singing, about. dancing, <laughs> be yeah, be crazy about. and yeah. laugh about uh, because we got a, a God that sees us, knows us, cares for us and loves us deeply you, beyond what we do ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so that's uh, that's what I want to say um, to that, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you better come on. Hey, close this out, Persia. Let's go. You better preach. She got her Bible open, guys. She did it. Oh, Get it. I have two, two passages um, that hold me together. Um, one, Romans 8, the chapter in general, but <laughs> namely verses 31 through 39. 
Um, mm-hmm. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who yes. can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Mm-hmm. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, Amen. who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Mm-hmm. Who yeah. shall separate us from the love of God, for the, from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded mm-hmm. as sheep to be slaughtered. Mm-hmm. No, in all these things, we are more, more than, than conquerors, conquerors through him who loved yeah. us. And I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, mm-hmm. nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able mm-hmm. to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Second, Revelation 21. Yeah. At the time when Jesus will return and everything that sin and iniquity mm-hmm. has put out of joint at his return, like all those things will be made right. And, yeah, yeah. and the writer says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Whew. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw a new city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither Mm. shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. More for the former things have passed away. Yeah. Yep. Yes, Jesus. Any and all black girls, black women, mothers, sisters that are listening to this, I don't say it on as me, I don't I don't say it as Persia, but I say it as as just another beggar that's found bread. Mm-hmm. Your melanin was not a mistake. Your gender is not something that is a product of the fall. God made woman before the serpent came. Know that you are valued by people on earth, by us, but ultimately Mm -hmm. by the crafter, creator, and sustainer of the universe. Amen. Amen. And you're beautiful too. Yes. Not because of how you look, but because you reflect the image of of God. And you've been redeemed, if you believed in it, you've been redeemed Mm -hmm. by the blood of his son. Mm -hmm. And that sets you on a trajectory for perfect eternity. Mm -hmm. That sets you on a trajectory for for nothing but joy on the other side of this life. Mm And nothing that happens in our society, in the church, outside of the church, mm-hmm. interpersonally with men, with women, with anyone can take that away. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you are loved mm-hmm. with an impenetrable love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, just to piggyback on that. Um, if you are listening to this, whatever color you are but especially my minority brothers and sisters who feel the weight of what's happening in the world today. Um, today is not too late mm-hmm. to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And whew. Say that. Yep. 
my heart is so burdened for you. You feel unwanted, unloved. You feel hopeless. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm with you. I want you to know you're not alone in that. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you that Jesus Christ came, was born mm-hmm. as a baby. He, he lived a perfect life. He died a death on the cross that he did not deserve. Mm-hmm. And he rose again three days later so that you can be in a relationship with God, but not just that. So you can be invited into a family, so you can be accepted. And there's hope. Mm-hmm. There's strength. God says that when we are weak, he is strong. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm begging and pleading with you, with, with, with Persia, with Tracy, with, with Jared, yeah. that today would be the day that you put your faith in Jesus Christ. You cannot out the cross. There's nothing that you've done that will make you ineligible. Actually, all those things make you eligible. (laughs) But you just have to say, God, I can't do it anymore by myself. I need you. And he says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that you will be saved. Amen. So today is the day. Amen. Please, for your sake, do it. You will never regret the decision. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I hope y'all listen. I hope y'all made it this far on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay, I know we got a little bit long, but listen. I hope you feel ministered to. Yeah, I hope you feel ministered to. I hope this is this is more than what we set out to do, but it was exactly what God had in store. Mm -hmm. And so, more than finding identity in our blackness Mm -hmm. more than finding our identity for my sisters out there in your womanhood Mm -hmm. you can find your true and everlasting purposeful ever meaningful identity in jesus christ yeah yep amen and so this is this has been great for me y'all i'm so grateful to have y'all here joanna Thank you for coming through. You yeah. came through, she came girl. Through. You yeah, came through. Apple <laughs> bombs. So yeah. It was uh, it was it was great. Really appreciate you. Thank Love you, you Persia. Thank you, Tracy. So, uh, man, like always, look. Thank you for uh, tuning into the Ambassador Podcast. Um, y'all have been great. I'm looking forward to discussing more topics in the coming weeks. We hope for you listeners that this has been a helpful resource and we encourage you to visit our website at www.weareambassador.com where we'll be uploading a consistent stream of resources for you to dive into. If you have any questions or concerns, sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive frequent updates and an opportunity to send in questions or pursue conversation with us. You can head to our podcast or our, our website. We have a link there to subscribe. If you haven't done so yet, please go do that. Anyway, thank y'all for listening, and we'll be back soon. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to the Ambassador Podcast. If you would like to hear more episodes or get more information about the Ambassador, please check out our website at www.weareambassador.com.